All right. Well, listen, this week's episode is very special. It's part one of a two-part show series that we I've dubbed with my friends and panelists that are joining me, Success in America. So this, this episode and the next episode is really all about my genesis of getting involved and really involved in my son's education at a local level with our local school, our local school board, our administrators, and really understanding where the educational system is in grade school as it relates to preparing students for life and for skills and for careers. You know, my son uh, in ninth grade was suicidal. Uh, 30 months ago, I stood before our school board and pleaded with them to please focus more on skills and on careers as opposed to just a college path because the, the weight of that education was so heavy on my oldest son that we were involved with, you know, uh, therapy and, and psychologists. And, and it was very, very intense uh, because the school was so focused on the college path only. And my son is just not that. I'm happy to report we were able to navigate that time in our lives. And he has now graduated as a young man working in the trades, which was always his passion. Along this journey, uh, which if you look through 2022, the last 30 months, we've had a lot of upheaval in our society where race has been brought to the forefront. And I challenged our school board to say, you know, those uh, minorities that you stand for and that you advocate for, focusing on skills, career, trade center paths in high school can most immediately impact some of the people that you expressly say you stand for. And I said, why are we not doing this? And I gave them some feedback on a unit that my son was taught in 11th grade. It was called the American Dream Unit. And I thought it was very a very interesting way to teach um, you know, race, to teach uh, relations here for our students. So if we can bring up the, the one uh, political cartoon, I guess it's categorized as, uh, if we can bring that up on screen. Uh, this was interesting. So I had the opportunity to uh, uh, see this uh, firsthand because my son was home during COVID, the internet learning. And I heard the teacher, this is what the teacher said that really brought me to this point that made me reach out to my guests on the show today. And the words were, write an essay on why people of color can't achieve the American dream. And it was through the lens of this cartoon on the screen. And I'm not here to say that people's lived experiences that are sins of the past as a nation don't exist. That is not my point at all. My major issue was the fact that it wasn't write an essay on why some people or some people of color can't achieve the American dream. Because the people that I have joining me on the show today, not only are living their American dream. They see our nation for the opportunity it offers. They understand that we are not without fault or flaw, but they have 100% thrown themselves into their own effort and their own success. And in fact, most that are joining me, and I loathe counting other people's money and success because I love celebrating it, but I will readily point out that some are far more successful than I am. And I am happy for them. And I'm happy to bring you them. You know, so this genesis of 30 months for me has been very interesting. I wanted to do this show. I wanted to share 
their knowledge, their experiences with you around their lived experiences, around their opportunities that they've achieved because they're powerful stories. And I felt it's so important and I believe it because I want to be the change that I want to see. I challenged my school to bring in parent, grandparents of children that I coached in youth sports who I know those parents lived in times where they were lesser in our society, where they couldn't vote. And one gentleman in particular owns a ton of rental property uh, as a successful person of color in our society. And our school was not only not resistant to that, they just said it didn't fit. And that is when I decided, you know what? I need to do my part to show our youth in America of all colors, of all types, that success can happen. So I am 100% happy to bring on our guests uh, for this episode. Uh, we've got Robert Nelson, Ashley Herrera, Pedro Manessas, and Patrick Bolaños. Everybody, welcome to the show. Happy you're here. Thank you for having us. I'm here. Happy to be here. Thank you, Jeff. 100%. Well, thank you for joining me. So we're going to just kind of go around the clock, right? Clockwise. So we'll start with Robert. We'll go Ashley, Patrick, and then Pedro. Why don't we go down, like kind of introduce to the listeners who you are, you know, where you're born, your journey here in America, uh, family lineage, and, you know, did you go to college or not? And what are you doing now? I'm so happy to be in the room with such a phenomenal group of people. Many of these people I know personally, and I've seen their achievements, understand their struggles. I know something about their background, uh, but I'm from Chicago. My name is Robert Nelson. I own Youth Enterprise. I'm from Chicago, and originally, I grew up in the Civil Rights Movement. I'm 61 years old. So I was back in the days when they initiated the mandatory busing process to send us to uh, predominantly white school systems. And I've grown through that whole process. And when I became, I guess, in my 20s, when I started to become conscious of the fact that it's more important to just do something with your life that's of a positive impact for humanity rather than just existing, I looked around my community and noticed that there were young people making a living selling drugs. So I decided that if they could sell, they possibly could sell something else. And that's kind of when I began my journey to discover about sales, marketing, and engaging young people in some positive alternatives to the negative things that they were doing in the community. Since that time, I've had an opportunity to work with uh, Barack Obama's My Brother's Keeper Initiative for a couple of years. Uh, they have over 200 chapters across the country. And the whole objective was to empower people and show them that there are other op opportunities, uh, alternatives, and there are people who are successful in achieving success in a lot of different spaces that are of all different hues. Uh, I've actually had an opportunity to work with uh, the National Black Business Trade Association for about five years. And during this experience, I began to notice that there's a lot of institutionalized uh, racism that many people overlook. And sometimes they, it's a taboo to talk about some of these things. But the reality is that people like those that are in this room have taken on a stance. They've become successful. And not only are they achieving success, but they're opening up avenues of opportunities for other people. So right now, through the company that I work with, we work with independent school districts. We bring them fundraising opportunities. We bring them information from individuals like yourself to show them that there's a, a possibility for a different path. There are a lot of opportunities and a lot of alternatives. And I take my hat off to you, Jeff, for taking the initiative to speak your truth regarding this issue and to not be silent because silence is often consent. So I, I empathize with the situation of what you've gone through with your own son. But the reality is that these are all our children. And the things that you guys are doing now is to be commended for taking a stance and saying, oh, 
this is not something that we can just overlook and bypass and go on as usual. Yeah, 100%. Well, Robert, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Ashley, why don't you uh, share with everybody who you are, what you do? I'm Ashley Herrera. I'm a mortgage branch manager, uh, mortgage loan expert. So I help anybody looking to buy or refinance a home. Um, I have been in the business for over 10 years. I also have a business with my husband to where we build new construction homes. Our focus, uh, our main focus is building affordable homes, uh, which kind of goes hand in hand with this show. Um, and as well as I'm a TV host for financing the American dream. Um, <laughs> yeah, so where I'm from, I'm from Texas. Um, most of my life I've been in Texas. And as far as my family heritage, um, my family came from Spain, uh, migrated to New Mexico. Uh, we also have Native American um, blood. And I did go to college. I obtained my master's degree in psychology. Um, I took that route because that's what I was told to do. Uh, we came from a family that was um, not, uh, not wealthy at that time. And our, our idea of becoming wealthy was to get a college degree. Uh, eventually, over time, um, I have changed my beliefs on obtaining a college degree. Um, I feel that it has helped me to become who I am today, but I don't believe that's 100% my identity of who I have become from obtaining that college degree. Um, where do I get my determination to be where I am today? Um, there's a lot of factors involved. Um, I do want to be able to provide my family as well as my children um, and generations to come a legacy that I have left behind for them to make life easier as well as them following my and my husband's footsteps to become the best versions of ourselves, become wealthy and continue that for generations over generations. I love it. I love it. Um, and, and Ashley, you're, you're so humble. You know, I, I just want to uh, applaud you at a time where housing prices are an all-time high, profits for builders are at an all-time high. You're making an active choice to uh, build affordable housing uh, for people in your hometown and your community. And that's great. And, you know, you can also blow your own horn a little bit. If, do I recall? I recall the number 40 was either you're developing 40 acres or a, a development with 40 homes. Am I, am I right there? Which, or am yeah, I wrong? Um, we were looking at development for 40 homes. Um, so yeah. that's something that we're working on. And again, going back to the affordable homes, we want to be able to um, provide that sector that is missed. Um, there's so many builders out there who are building for, you know, the higher priced homes. And it's, it's like a whole amount of people that are being left out. Um, yeah. So that's our purpose and that's our mission to be able to provide those homes for people who are on the lower end of income and still be able to live in something that is brand new, um, something that, that they take pride in and they love. Yep. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you. Uh, Mr. Trailer King, Patrick Bolaños, you're next, my friend. Jeff, thank you so much for having me on. I commend you for what you're doing. Uh, I have kids in high school. My daughter is 16 years old. She's in high school. And so um, I really commend you for what you're doing with this show. Thank you. Uh, spreading awareness because I feel it's necessary, especially the way we grew up. It's totally different uh, the way kids are growing up today. 
Uh, I mean, I didn't even have, uh, we didn't have social media. I didn't have a cell phone. I spent my time outdoors most of the time. So thank you for having me on. And uh, I commend you for, for, the, for the initiative. Uh, I'm originally from Nicaragua. I was born and raised in Nicaragua. We, uh, we migrated to the United States in 1984, fleeing a uh, war-ridden country, civil war. Um, and my family moved to St. Charles, Missouri in 1984. And for me, America has always been like this huge uh, opportunity and not a lot of people see it the same way, especially here. And so I went to school. I got my degree from St. Louis University in management information systems. Growing up in Nicaragua, poor ridden country, there's not a a lot of opportunity there. I paid my way through school. I worked my way through school. And I thought school was the ticket for me, right? Nine to five job. Give me one second. Give me. I apologize, Jeff. Give me a second. That's all right. We're going to pick up on your school. Pedro, why don't you pick it up? Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Jeff. It's definitely yeah, no an spot. honor. It's, it's, it's an honor to be here, man. And uh, you consider me to be part of this project that you're doing. And uh, so, yeah, my name is Pedro Meneses. I was born and raised in Guatemala. Um, I moved to the States. It's going to be 10 years, December of this year, since I started this journey. And um, I, I mean, a lot of people, when when they asked me how how my life was back in Guatemala, it was actually a great life, you know, because my, my, my dad is always being a successful businessman. Uh, I went to private school, so I did have a good life. I did have the opportunity to go to college, but I screwed it up. You know? <laughs> I never finished college, and um, I grew up having everything I, w- I ever wanted. But uh, I believe that at some point that never helped me when I became an adult. You know, So I was someone who thought that life owed him something. You know, So that never served me. When I was in my 20s and my early 20s, and I came to a point in my life when I realized that everybody around me, um, my friends at, at the time, everybody was graduating college, everybody was getting good jobs, everybody was getting into good relationships. Not that I ever wanted a good job because um, I think it never that never appealed to me. You know, I always had this mentality of, I want to do my own thing. You know, So I got to a point in my life where I realized that uh, the only way that I was able to if I wanted to grow, if I wanted to find purpose in my life, if I wanted to find something meaningful to do with my life, I needed to step away and uh, just separate myself from my family. So the opportunity showed up and I told my parents that I was almost 10 years ago. I told my mom, I'm coming back in 21 days, just right before Christmas. And it's been 10 years that I've been here. <laughs> so um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy journey, you know, but I'm grateful for it because these past 10 years have uh, turned me into a different man and uh, I see life different and um, now, you know, and I understand a lot of things now, especially with all the issues that we are experiencing, the education system in the country, in the entire world. I think my experience and everything that I've been able to live gets me a very unique perspective. And my determination to be here today is just, I believe the fact that I discovered that I was, um, it was on my hands what I wanted to do with my life, you know, and how far I wanted to go in life. And the type of life. Love it. I love that. Love it. Uh, Patrick, we can pick back up with you where we left off at college. So you went to college for information systems technology, I think you said. 
I did. I did. And uh, so I went to school. I I was doing the nine to five thing. I was groomed to be a corporate job. I worked for Citibank in Nicaragua. Um, I guess what the most important part here is it took a very traumatic event to change, shift the way my life was going. Right. I was um, living a mediocre life, so to speak. And I cannot attribute anything I learned in school, high school, college, to the shift in my life. Um, it's a shame because I feel we need to do so much more for our youth, and it's not in, it's not in the books. It's not in uh, calculus class. It's not in science class. It's, uh, it's outside, and it's, uh, it starts with your mind. And with our with our mindset. So, uh, my intro. I would like to, if anything, if you guys get anything from me today, regarding how we are, um, mindset for me is 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 key, and that's something that I hope to contribute to my children's life. And it's going to be tough to do because it's something that you only can do it on your own. And when you accept or start listening to other people, is when that really you know becomes a big difference in someone's life. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, after those intros, you, you, it was really a common theme about that self-determination. And, uh, you know, Pedro said to be a free man. Uh, Robert referenced looking around, seeing that there is a better opportunity. Ashley saw it through college and she's like, you know what? I think I can do better a different way. And then Patrick, you know, focusing on mindset. So, Questions that we've put together, you know, I, Robert and I spent a lot of time back and forth because Robert has led discussions like this. Um, we spent some time back and forth to kind of frame frame our questions today. Again, my goal in this, because I have a different lived experience um, than, than you all do as a white man, as opposed to somebody of, uh, you know, Hispanic, Black, ethnic, ethnic race. So for me, you know, my idea here is I want to amplify your voices with my platform for our youth today. That's my number one goal. So this is really more about your discussion on the platform. So the first question that Robert and I came up with, and uh, we'll go ladies first, if that's okay, Ashley, uh, is uh, is race or culture an issue uh, in today's society? So from your own perspective, um, Let's uh, let's have you throw in on that. Um, I would say, um, even with my business, um, with the mortgage business, I would say absolutely. Um, we see headlines all the time uh, that we see mortgage loan officers or even realtors not giving a chance to maybe certain neighborhoods or a certain yep. type of culture, color, etc. You know, and you would think that wouldn't happen so often now, but it, it happens more than we think it does. And it's unfortunate. Um, as well as when it comes to, I know that uh, you had mentioned that you have your son um, in school. And I believe you said it was a private school. I also have my son in a private school and they are uh, heavily focused on college, um, which is fine, totally fine, um, because we can still instill our beliefs uh, to our son however i see i have noticed and then um because i am learning too my son is nine so he's going through 
the grades and I'm seeing um, that the school really does put a, a big way on their my son's beliefs as well. Um, for example, uh, I've had in the past where my son was one-on-one with uh, a teacher and he had said that um, he liked LeBron James and he looked up to him because he's like a superstar. And at that time, my son was super into basketball and she made a comment that was negative to say, well, he is, he's, a, he's not a good person. I'm like, okay. So my son came home to me upset. Like, why mm, isn't he a yeah. good person? Instead of her um, saying, oh, that's awesome. I mean, why do you like LeBron James? What is it that you see in him that is inspiring? Instead of, you know, going that approach, she went a whole different approach. Um, So I do see that in both personal and business, as well as, again, with my children. And I, it's new to me with my children and um, it's more eye-opening for me. Um, It it makes me really upset and sad about it because, I mean, it's still here. It's still impacting. And, you know, with my son coming home upset and sad, it definitely affected his ego on that. Um, So... Uh, those are just some examples of, yeah, it's absolutely still here. Yeah. So we'll go, we'll go bottom up this time. Uh, and, and for those only listening to the show, we record every episode of Big Ticket Life in a video show format. So when I say on the screen, we're, I'm looking at a screen right now. So uh, briefly, we'll, I'm going to add something to what Ashley said. And then Pedro will go with you, Robert, and then Patrick, okay? On this same question, if race or culture is, is race or culture an issue in today's society? Ashley, to add to your point about how real estate and, and really by extension banking can discriminate at times, this was one of the things that I was, you know, through the context of that American dream unit, I said, you know, I have no issue um, having our students learn about what was represented on the, on the board game. And, you know, if you're listening, you can Google this. Uh, you could Google high school uh, American dream unit comes right up. Um, I said, Teach it, teach our history 100%. But I think when you have students looking across the aisle at one another and identifying the what's on the front of the room, and they've been friends and they've had conversations about conquering the world together, and then this is put in front of them, I see that as an issue. I, I felt there was a lot better way to teach it. I'm not saying not, but I challenged our educators and our school board administration. I said, teach where this stuff happens today, make it relevant, i.e., real estate banking. I think that's where some of the biggest things happen. And you brought that up right away. Um, so I just wanted to add that, that you, you echoed exactly what I thought all along. So Pedro, let's have you pick up the question. Well, this is a very interesting question, man, because, uh, you know, first of all, the fact that I didn't grow up in the United States, it gives me a different perspective when it comes to racism, when it comes to race and all that kind of stuff. What I believe is that beyond a race or a culture issue, we have an identity issue, you know? And what I see around and what I see sometimes in the news or what I see what's happening in school is like people or especially kids are being bombarded, bombarded with all this information that where they, don't, they don't really know who they are, you know? So I think the fact that you don't know who you are, the fact that you don't know like what to believe, like the fact that now you're, you're, the color of your skin becomes an issue or not, is has put our society, especially kids, in this position where they don't know what, what we don't know what to, what to believe in anymore. You know what I mean? So I think that's the 
for me, in my opinion, that's the root of this issue. Like if you, because if you take away the, the, the identity of someone, you know, there's no, there's no opportunity. There's no ground. There's no fertile ground to grow for, for dreams, for really have that, that, uh, ambition to do something different, to understand that just because your skin color is different, doesn't mean that you cannot be successful because in my 10 years of experience in this country, I have never, uh, faced any racism, you know, I don't know, because I have, I look like a mad dog. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's the reason why. I, I'm not small either, you know, but uh, I never have to experience anything like that. But one of the things that I have seen a lot is that people have no identity, you know, and when someone tries to come against me and try to tell me that I can do something or, or I'm not ha- or I don't have the ability to do X, Y, C is something that I don't allow myself to believe. So yeah. I think the root of this issue is like, what identity are we giving to our kids? Yeah, I I can agree with that 100%. So I want you to think about what we can teach our kids in relation to that identity and belief system. I'm going to go to Robert next, and then we'll circle back to you after Patrick, and we'll pick up on the next question. Definitely, the race does have an impact in today's society. And it's, it's an odd scenario because of the fact that, you know, there are many things that have changed. We We commend ourselves on, as a society, waking up to the fact that discrimination is wrong. So people say, okay, we're going to stop that. But there's a concept in physics called inertia. So there have been many policies and institutionalized structured procedures that are set in place and still exist. So just because a person or a society or a particular political party says, okay, we're going to stop that because we know it's wrong, it doesn't stop the momentum of the process. Many people are still caught up in that cycle. One of the perfect examples I can reference is uh, there is an empowerment zone uh, allocation was a bill that was written, I, I think, during the Trump administration. And this empowerment zone was really designed to get people who are wealthy an opportunity to invest in underprivileged communities, right? The challenge is many of the people that lived in those underprivileged communities didn't understand the process. They couldn't take mm-hmm. advantage of the benefit of the assets. So many of the wealthy investors went in and gentrified these communities and ended up getting access to a resource that the people in the communities originally had access to but they were pushed out. So there are a lot of systematized racist policies that are in place that still affect us, whether it be directly or indirectly. So I think we have to drill down and look, dig down deep. And I think one of the things that Patrick said that is profoundly true, awareness, awareness is necessary to create any change. When you're oblivious and say, okay, you know, it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, it matters to somebody. And if it matters to somebody, it affects everybody. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Patrick, let's pick it up from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think I'm with Pedro on this one. Um, we get what we focus on, you know, that I, I'm a believer in, in that. So if we focus on issues, you'll find racism, right? It's a, I mean, if you focus on it, you'll find it. It's, it's exact. And it, but if you focus on anything, you'll find it. And so I like to focus on opportunity solutions. Um, I'm a believer that we can overcome any environment, any environment we're in, if we first focus on ourselves. And so when I see anybody, right, I'm Nicaraguan. Um, I, I got called names when I was in, in, in elementary school. I mean, not very 
but they didn't affect me. Like it didn't, I remember being called those names, but I didn't go home and tell my mom or that I felt bad or anything. I just didn't understand it. Right. Um, and so what I would say is if we focus on making the environment around us better for everybody, and I don't know what that means in terms of institutionalized policies. I, I don't because I'm not really involved in, but I focus on making the world a better place, but I can't do that if I don't make myself better. But I want to teach everybody. 100%. That is the way to do it. And that's, I mean, that's yeah. all I got to say about that part. Yeah. So, so what I would add is for those listening, and, and, and I talked with our guests that the goal of this show is to get it in front of youth in school today. Because as I said at the top of the show, when I said, well, look, I, I know people that have lived the experiences, like they're alive, breathing air today. They're one, like they are direct connections. I can bring that, I can have that person come. I can make a connection for you. Will you bring them in? That was rebuffed. And that's why I'm bringing you these great people today. You know, from that last question, is race or culture an issue in, in today's society? You heard different perspectives. And I think we can do both. We can have experiences like Pedro and Patrick, where they focus and find opportunity all the time. And then you can have experiences like Robert has, who has a very unique exp experience growing up in that civil rights era. I think both exist. And if, and I'll add a word of empathy to understand or a phrase, empathy to understand. We, we can do both at the same time. Um, so yeah, I think the great little round there. Uh, Pedro, I'm going to have you pick it up on the mindset and belief system thing. Why don't we start there and see if we um, if we add a little uh, a little left turn in our conversation? Absolutely. You know, uh, we were we were talking about awareness, right? And uh, I think if we really want to change the situation and really want to help, especially the kids, you know, and the, and, the, and the young people that are coming out of school and all that stuff, awareness and teaching them how to think for themselves, I think, is important. You know, because unfortunately, and I think that everybody in this in this uh, show can agree that uh, our kids are being pretty much conditioned to not think for themselves, to depend on the system, to not have the ability to be independent, and that's the real issue. You know, and and I and I'm sure you, I don't have any kids, but you, Jeff, you you are part of you have kids. You've been involved in school, and you know that mm -hmm. that's the condition of our schools in, in in this country right now. You know, that is the path, pretty much. Uh, condition people to depend on someone else. And I think all of us here in this call, we are all entrepreneurs, right? And I think we have understood at a certain point that part of your mindset is to understand that there's only three major things that you can control in your life. And outside of those three things, there's absolutely nothing you can control. And that's the way you think, how do you react, and how you feel, right? So I think we can teach our kids how to do those three things and how to focus on those three things. Then they can focus on the right things. They can bring awareness to their lives and they can think clearly and start questioning things, start questioning what's happening around them. Like, why am I learning this? Why am I teaching this, right? Because if you go around, and I don't know about you, but for me, for the past two years, uh, since all this, the past two years have been crazy, but I've been going a lot and I've been paying attention and I've been trying to interact with a lot of people. And the reality is that the way I see it is like, yeah, we have uh, race issues and cultural issues, but I think there's, not as big as we think they are or as we think society and the media and the government make this look like, you know, because I interact with a lot of people. I always, every time I go with someone, sorry, every time I go to the grocery store, for example, I always say hi 
to the cashier and try to strike a conversation and things not seems to be the same outside on the street, you know, then compared to what we see on social media and all that stuff. So I think if we bring that awareness and we start teaching our kids how to think for themselves and start questioning everything around them, can help them really understand like, like what it is exactly what's happening around them, what they can focus on and start really understanding that they can have a different way of thinking. They can decide what they want to believe or not. But I think most importantly is just that uh, self-responsibility that nobody's teaching, mm-hmm. you know? Like we see the participation trophies now, right? We see like, yeah, yeah it's okay if you lose. And you, and you know that real life is not right. that way. You know that outside in the world, things doesn't work that way. And it hasn't worked that way for thousands of years. And it's not going to change because our principles and principles never change. So I do believe that that awareness and really just teaching how teaching them how to think for themselves can Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that perspective. I'll add, um, uh, Ashley, you had said your, your children are in private school. That's great. Mine are, mine are actually in public school. So one of the things that happens there and Pedro, you talked about, uh, personal responsibility. So we're going to pick up on this mindset belief thing. We'll go top down this time. So we'll go Robert, Patrick, and then Ashley, since Pedro kicked it off. Uh, one of the things that happens in our schools locally is our children are allowed to just do homework really whenever and turn it in whenever. If they don't get a good enough grade on the test, they're allowed to retake it. And really the only slack adjuster is when the teacher finally has to submit final grades. So there's this, there's this, this aura, there's this environment of you don't really have to try that hard. You can turn it in whenever. And if it isn't good enough, you get to do it again and again and again. And I know in our home that really came to a head. Um, six weeks before my son's high school graduation. And we're all members of the Apex uh, Entrepreneur Community. Uh, So it relates why I bring that up. But my son was never taught that. Like his mom and dad, we do the work. We do it when we say we're going to do it. And we do it to the best of our abilities. And I said to him point blank, I said, look, kid, if you mess up English, and he had a failing grade six weeks out from high school graduation, the only credit needed, if you miss it, I'm going to miss the opportunity to go to Million Dollar Mastermind. And I bring all of this up about Apex and the Million Dollar Mastermind event because Pastor Eric Thomas, if you don't know who he is, look him up. He's a, he's a gentleman that's had a different lived experience in life, no doubt about it. But he says, you know what? If you're starting two and a half times behind, I, I'm paraphrasing here. And I know he said this from, from the event. If you're starting two and a half times behind everybody else, you simply have no choice but to put forth at least two and a half times more of the effort, you know? And that's the mindset we need to teach our children and our youth. So Robert, on that, I'll turn it over to you uh, to kind of pick up on what Pedro threw out there, and then we'll we'll get back to our pre-planned questions. Okay. Uh, and I actually want to touch on something that Pedro said earlier, and that is this identity issue. Because even though we may be from different cultures, the reality is that we are all of the human race. Yes. And the human race is the offspring of the divine. So when you think about identity issues, realizing who you really are, and I agree 100% that you do get what you focus on. And yet there are times when you're in communities or in environments where people don't give you the clarity as to what you need to be focusing on, right? So one of the things I really love about this community, because as you mentioned, we've all been a part of a mutual mind, mastermind community 
because we think in the similar ways. And we have a tendency to gravitate and communicate and connect with other people who are like-minded. So sometimes we need to create exposure for our children so that they can be exposed to people who are thinking in a perspective like Patrick, like uh, Pedro, like Ashley, that are saying, it's possible. There's possibilities here. It can be done, no matter what the obstacle. It can be done. But many times they don't get that from the confines of their educational system. So I think part of our responsibility is making sure we make that possible, that we create that exposure for them. So that's why I really commend you for this whole process that you're going through, Jeff, and actually creating a platform where people can speak a truth that can change generations to come. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was, it was important to me to do that, and that's why we're here. Uh, so Patrick, why don't you pick up on uh, mindset and uh, you know, belief system and identity? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I've, uh, I've, uh, I've said it, and I'm a huge believer in mindset. It's the first thing that, that I think somebody needs to focus on to, to get anything else in life, right? And, and let's be honest, life is not fair. Life is not fair. If you let, uh, I was having a conversation with my brother, listening to with my brother with Mike's podcast, and Eric Thomas was speaking about, he's been to third world countries. Third world countries, they're 10 times, 15 times, 25 times behind what everybody else, the poorest person in the US is 100 times further than the poorest person in India or Nicaragua or Central America or anybody in Central America. But you do get a lot of people that migrate here who succeed really, really fast. Why? Because they, they know that this is the land of opportunity because they can't do what they can get done here quickly, right? I've built up eight-figure business in four years. Nicaragua is not the environment that allows somebody like myself to yeah. do that. But I understand the struggle. I understand what hard work is. I understand that it's not fair. It's not going to be fair. And so if I have this right, which I'm pointing to my, I don't know if people are looking at the video, but I'm pointing to my head. Yep. If I have that right, I can accomplish anything I want. Yes, sir. And, so to, and if, I can, if I can share that or relay that message or feed that message to, to kids, then, you know, you've been on my podcast, Jeff, working for a dream, bro. Everybody's right. working on a dream every single day. And on that note of working for a dream, because, you know, you, you shared your college career, you were in the professional world. I, I introduced you as Mr. Trailer King. I, share real quick what you do. And, you know, you really put dreams in motion with the trailers you build for people. So real quick, because drive into what you do there, because I want to make sure people hear it. So the, the manuf we manufacture concession trailers and food trucks. And we get all colors, skin colors, races, Hispanics, Blacks, Indian, um, like from India, and uh, Native Americans, New Mexico, people in New Mexico. Everybody comes to my facility with the dream of owning a food truck. We facilitate that for them. The entrepreneurial spirit, like we get to help people from the very bottom scale to however far they can go. And so our company... We have, I have, uh, I was just talking about this yesterday. It's, uh, it is so awesome, the amount of different uh, races, people. And we don't really, we don't really discuss, like when somebody comes to our shop, we don't, we don't see their skin color. We just, we just see that they're passionate about getting a dream started. And, you know, that's why it's so, so awesome. And so uh, uh, that's why I, I'm passionate about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. It comes right through. Uh, Ashley, um, let's have you uh, you pick up on this uh, idea of beliefs and, and, and teaching our kid to, to secure their own identity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, with a mindset portion of it, I believe like with our children, we have to create leaders. Um, there's a you know, there's a lot of people out there who are followers and um, you have to have that leader to be able to get those followers to also, you know, come within this belief system that they can also become great. Um, so I'm a huge believer in, again, I can obtain anything that I want to if I put my mind to it. Uh, I do teach my children as well that same concept. Um Right now, my son, as I mentioned, yes, he was into basketball at that time. Um, now he's into football. He's literally competing for a quarterback position. And um, I know that I talked about it most recently that I'm on the sidelines because I feel like I'm with him. Like I want him to be the greatest he can be. And he's literally chosen out of 38 down to two quarterbacks. And it's like, I'm literally seeing my my son shine. Like he is doing it. He's He's living what I would want him to. I know, of course, yes, he's going to choose his own ideas, his beliefs, et cetera. But I, I am making an impact on my child. And he, he's becoming, he's going to be a great, great child. Yeah. A leader, a leader too. He's going to be able to lead other people. Um, and one thing that I learned with, uh, you know, being a quarterback, you have to be very smart. You have to be able to lead people. You have to be, um, somebody who's going to be able to get the other team um, mates or the team players to follow you. So, um, again, that mindset and implementing, we have to be able to get our children to become leaders. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I love that he's competing for it. Yeah. It's going to teach mm -hmm. him a lot. Whether he gets the spot or not, he's going to learn a lot. Um, I just oh, want to yeah. I want to interject right now. So for any of our our young people that are listening, I'm going to encourage you to uh, hit up the show notes where you're watching this, whether that's in YouTube or on a podcast, in your notes on your player on your phone. Follow these people. Their social channels, their websites are here. I'm telling you, you will learn ten times more from a successful woman like Ashley Herrera. Right there, boom, right there slinging mortgage loans, making money, developing housing developments, flipping real estate, living the life. And ladies, she's doing it with respect for herself. Okay? She is not sitting around on social media channels in bikinis trying to get points. She's leading the path. <laughs> Right. I mean, we laugh, but I mean, th th we know that this isn't, you know, this isn't really the topic of this show, but we know. And, you know, Pedro and Robert and Patrick, they're follow them too. There are so many great people to follow in this world. Greater than, you know, celebrities are cool. Like, you know, they have a place in our society, but I'm telling you, their achievement is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. Folks like you see on your screen, like you're hearing right now on your speakers, you can connect with them far easier and have more people like them in your feeds, in your Instagram, in your Snapchat, in your Facebook. I know Facebook's, you know, for the old people today, but 
you know, <laughs> you can have, right guys? Like you can have so many more of folks like yourselves be impactful. And I bet you, um, if you reached out as a listener to any one of these people right now and you said, Hey, I saw you on the big ticket life. Could I ask you some questions? I mean, I'd be shocked if anybody would say no. You'd all welcome that, right? Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just felt it important to interject that there because I really want people who listen to be taken away that there's a connection here with these amazing people. They've achieved that Some have gone to college. And this is not about college bashing. This is about you understanding there are different paths in life and maybe college is a part of it. But you're seeing, you know, real people achieving unheard of success, maybe that you're not hearing in your environment. You're hearing it right now from folks that you can look up to. So, you know, to the topic of, um, you know, race and culture, we don't, you know, I want to have an engaging conversation. So uh, we kind of got to, we had different perspectives, but Pedro, you don't have any children. Is that right? At this point? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so does anybody want to take a grab, a stab at, uh, if your children have been affected by practices or policies, uh, maybe by conventional ways that we hear sadly about today, or maybe, maybe an unconventional way we'll go, um, definitely. Yeah. Robert, go ahead. Definitely. My children have been impacted by, it. you know, uh, I actually have four children and two grandchildren. My, my grandchildren are still being impacted by it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I see is a common theme. And that thing that that's what sets us apart, the people that are in this room from a lot of people in the old mainstream society is that it's all about mindset. So one of the things that I made sure that I did is I taught my children how to think. I didn't teach them what to think, but I taught them how to be discerning, be discriminating, be able to have their own opinion, be able to formulate their own views, be able to have the kind of individuality that enables them to stand out uniquely, whatever their gifting may be. So I think that that's one of the common things I've heard throughout this conversation is that it's all about the mindset. This is true. But in school, they don't teach you how to think. (laughs) They they give you information, right? So, and it's not necessarily, I'm not saying it's their responsibility. They may not even know how to think. So I'm not going to blame them saying, oh, you should teach my child how to think. We are the ones that are responsible. Yeah. First, we have to learn how to think ourselves, and then we have to teach them how to use their powers of their own mind, their own imagination, their own faith, their own initiative to make things happen for themselves. So yes, they've been impacted, but it's our responsibility to make sure that we provide the framework that they need to, to, to live and build on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm sure your dream was to never have your children or grandchildren have that, but I'm happy that you're giving them the tools and the strength to uh, to rise above. That's great. Mm-hmm. Ashley, how about you? Um, of course, yes. I feel like he's impacted. Um, I mean, with that story that I gave you, I think that would that's probably the only experience that I've really had. Um, me personally, I I'm with Pedro. I really have not had any um, type of anything towards myself. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to relate to it. And again, it might be because I'm just, I'm not looking for it. Um, it's not nothing, not anything that I think about on the daily. And, um, I'm, I'm looking to bend and not think about those things. But, um, 
I would piggyback and say that making sure that, again, our kids uh, have their own identity, um, understand that they can have their own um, ways of thinking. And, you know, like something that's coming to my mind and like when I think I like see pictures and I see something in my mind and I'm thinking of like if I'm a child and somebody tells me something just because they're an adult doesn't mean because they're an adult that I have to um, think that they're right. Um, so Very good I don't point. know if that makes sense. Um, mm. I'm just trying to relate with children because I, whenever I was growing up, it's like, well, you listen to the adult because I'm the adult and you got to do what I say. And, you know, if you're in, a, in school, it's kind of the same concept. I'm the teacher. You listen to me. Mm. And this is what I'm teaching you. This is what you need to know. So being able to make sure that our children know that although other people have different opinions, that you can still go against that and have your own beliefs and understanding of what you believe to know to be true. Um, so I hope that makes sense. No, it, it does. It does a hundred percent. What I will say again, because my goal is I want, I want as many educators to be able to put this in front of your students, students, what Ashley just said is hundred percent spot on. You need to take in all kinds of opinions, but certainly treat whether that's an adult, a teacher, someone older than you, someone younger than you, treat them with respect, right? And try to have that empathy. We talked about it earlier, right? We can have awareness. We can have, uh, the ability to understand everybody's perspectives and their own lived experiences, but we need to do that with respect for one another, 100%. But Ashley, great point about taking in those opinions and, and really seeing like, is this relevant to my life and my goals? You said, you said it, I'm here to win. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason that today you listening to this as a young person in our country cannot. Uh, we're trying to give you some tools uh, of how to uh, rise above and win. So that's awesome. Uh, Patrick, for you, let's uh, let's have you wrap up this section. I can't say that I know um, if they've been affected or not by, but what I do try to tell my daughter, who's 16, my son is 12, got two young ones. I just ask to be careful with the herd mentality, you know, because there's a lot of messages out there that can easily um, keep you focused on the wrong things. And so um, if everybody is saying it and doing it, Maybe it's a good, you know, question it. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why everybody and everybody else and the media and the school and every system is 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 so adamant in spreading that message fiercely. Um, and if they do that, I mean, they, they should be okay. Yeah. Yep. Love it. I love it. So our last question was going to kind of be like a two-parter, right? Or maybe a three-parter. So this is about how you envision the world changing, um, you know, on the topics that we've covered today. Uh, but like, let's dig into why you do what you do and how it serves humanity. Like I love Robert's phrase. He uses humanity an awful lot. Um, so I'm going to let Robert kick this off since he's kind of the inspiration for this question. So why you do what you do, how it serves and, and like, what's your, like, if it ends tomorrow and you accomplish the goal, what was the goal? The goal was to become the most, uh, what I would refer to as in the likeness of my father. 
to grow up into the image of he that created me and placed me here on the planet. Because the reality is that each one of us, regardless of the diverse cultures that we come from, is one common denominator. And I believe that as we live this life and express the divinity that is within us, using our own creativity to contribute some value to the world, that that gives us the ability to make a deposit because many people have made deposits that represent the foundation that we stand on today. And to them all, I owe a debt. So as we move through this world, I heard uh, one of my friends say, he said, the earth was, we, we didn't inherit it from our parents. We're renting it from our children. And if we don't take out the time to make sure we build a foundation, a framework, and create a bridge for them, if we get so involved in our day-to-day living, just trying to eke in and out of existence or become the most successful person that we can on the planet, without taking an interest in the needs of humanity at large, then we've, we've missed the mark. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're not here just to get it because you're going to leave it. I promise you this. Yeah. We're here to impact humanity in a positive way to the best of our ability to express the love that is within us and to leave that legacy for the next generation to come. Yeah. I want to I wanna follow up uh, on, you know, uh, working to be uh, the image of my father. So you're speaking about God, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> so again, for youth listening to this, you know, my hope would be schools play it. I don't want schools to turn it off right now because, you know, <laughs> schools and religion, all this stuff, right? I want, I want to they challenge. They shouldn't. <laughs> well, right. But I want to challenge <laughs> to this point for, for, for young people listening to this. I was away from faith for a while. I came back to it with this thought. If we believe that at the end of our time, we just go in a hole in the ground and that's it, that's a pretty sad existence. I mean, the reality is no matter how large your life is on this earth, it is for a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second in the cosmos of time. You know, we have the James Webb telescope sending us all these amazing pictures from the outer reaches of outer space. And the reality is what we learn from that is those images are but a moment in a moment of time. To the concept of divinity, I want you to think about all the ideas that get planted in your head and where they come from. And I would Mm. challenge you with this. If you think those ideas don't come from somewhere greater than you, think about that for another second. Give that some more thought. We don't need to talk about Father God, the creator, divinity, as though you're going to church on Sunday, reciting Bible verses, passing out pamphlets on the corner. I'm not talking about that kind of religion per se. I'm talking about respect for the fact that they're, they're, they're like, there is a higher power above us. And if we don't respect what's downloaded into our brain, the ideas, the inspiration, the motivations you felt in your life that maybe you might not be right now, if you don't take those in, that's a dishonor. And it's a dishonor to yourself. So just a little aside there, I, th- I felt I kind of follow up on, on what you shared there, Robert. Not only that, Good. Jeff, if you don't follow through on those ideas, they'll be taken from you and given to someone else. Bingo. Mm. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so our question was, again, envisioning the world changing. Uh, we could pick up on this a little more if we want, but the question was, again, envisioning the world and changing, why you do what you do, how it serves humanity. Patrick, since you're on main screen, we'll have you pick it up. And then we'll go to Ashley and then Pedro to uh, wrap up our time together. 
Awesome. Thanks. So, um, well, there's many reasons of why I do what I do. Um, but for example, at, at our, at our company, we want to create financial independence for families. I know what it's like being broke, being paycheck to paycheck, not knowing where your next uh, meal is going to come from or how are you going to afford rent the following month. Or I know what it's like feeling the pressure and the anxiety around Christmas time. And so I don't, I want people, and it took me a long time to figure it out. So I want to help people figure it out. My mission is to help people break through their limiting beliefs so that they can one, become financially independent, but then through becoming financially independent, they can also help others on the way. Uh, for example, once you start asking yourself better questions, I figured out I'm passionate about baseball. I wanted to be a baseball player. So I started a baseball academy in Nicaragua. And through the job that I have and the money I create, I focus or I um, steer that towards helping underprivileged youth in Nicaragua. And so I believe once you have fixed your mindset, right, and you have become a contribution or you have contributed something into a marketplace or adding value, then you can also figure out ways to help others where you come from, et cetera. So that's why I do what I do besides obviously, you know, leaving a legacy for my family, which uh, is super important to me as well. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. it. And I'm, I'm going to throw something out there, Patrick, you put it on your Facebook. So I'm going to assume it's public information. So your dream is helping, uh, your mission is to help families succeed and, and obtain wealth, right? Um, did I, I got that right? What I just heard? Yep. Yeah. Well, right now through mobile food units is what my channel is. Right. So, so you're yeah. doing that and it was only recently, like I think maybe the last 90 days that you bought your first home. Yes, sir. So congratulations, congratulations. to that. But I Thank bring you. that up yeah. to you listening. Here is a man helping others achieve their dreams before the one cornerstone of the American dream has been checked off for himself. That is powerful. That is somebody who gives. Mm. And I hope that's one thing you can take away from this. He also shared uh, his passion for baseball. And, you know, you didn't make it as a baseball player, but you can attach to that dream by helping others get that dream. And so for all of our other panelists and our guests, I want, uh, as we get through and we wrap up, uh, so Patrick, your, uh, your thing in Nicaragua with baseball, talk about that. And then everybody else, I want to talk about how we give back maybe through similar vehicles or other kinds of things like that. So I have a nonprofit. Uh, I'm a part of a nonprofit called Helping Kids Round First, which contributes. We help kids, underprivileged kids in Nicaragua, get the opportunity to own their very own baseball equipment, right? In the, in the U.S. of A, there is so much equipment. Um, kids buy it every year. They get brand new pieces of equipment, brand new pieces of baseball bats. And so uh, Helping Kids Route First is a nonprofit. We distribute baseball equipment around the country. We have a baseball academy called Help, uh, Working for a Dream. Um, our team, our 13 through 15-year-olds, just beat a better equipped Puerto Rican team a better rested Puerto Rican team. Uh, we look like the bad news bears because we don't have the top, top level equipment. <laughs> but these guys showed up, won the tournament, and now next week on Monday, they're flying into Vero Beach, Florida 
and they get the shot at the World Series. I'm going to be there rooting for them all the way. Congratulations. And this is just, thanks, man. This is just an example of kids who don't have anything. And we're giving them, you know, we're changing their environment. We're changing the way they think about how they can help their families. And, you know, being from a third world country, these kids are, 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 you know, one of the reasons I do what I do. I love, I love seeing it. I love that video. Thank you so much for putting that on there. Yeah. Well, what, what I want you as, as the listener, as the watcher to take away from what, uh, Patrick just shared. Um, you know, we touched on earlier, Pastor Eric Thomas, you know, talking about if you're starting two and a half steps behind, you gotta, you gotta pick up three steps, right? There, there's the baseball team. They had lesser equipment, lesser uniforms, but they had 10x the effort. Yeah, right there, the living embodiment of it, right there. All right, so Ashley, we'll have you go, and then, like I said, Pedro will wrap it up. So how do you envision change in the world? Why do you do what you do? How does it serve humanity? And then how are you giving back to yeah, I believe that everything that I'm doing, that's with the mortgage business, the new construction, as well as the TV host for financing the American dream, they all go hand in hand uh, with being able to help other people. Uh, one with the mortgage, I solely um, focus on helping those where other lenders will not. Um, again, that's where, you know, the lower credit scores come in. They have some crazy credit. Um but I find ways to be able to help them. Um, and then also giving that education um, to um, anyone that I can, um, because that is something that's missing in our education system to where they're not teaching our children how to buy a house. Um, I don't even think they um, show them how to write a check anymore. Me being a business owner, we have contractors who still want checks all the time. They still need to know how to write a check. Um, just that financial literacy is something that is needed. Um, so with the mortgage business, I'm able to do that. Um, with a new construction, the same thing. I'm able to be able to provide affordable homes that is missing um, everywhere. Um, yeah. I, of course, uh, me and my husband, we're, we're making a small dent. Um, I wish we could do so much more. Um, but you're doing again, it. Uh, Yes, and that that's right. We're doing it. Uh, we're making that choice that although, you know, other builders are looking at their spread because it's not enough, we don't, it doesn't matter. It's not, that's not uh, the one thing that we're looking at. We're not looking at that spread. We're looking at what we're able to be able to provide other people that opportunity to become homeowners and to be able to own a new home. Um, and then again, uh, with the TV host, um, I'm able to spread that message, uh, message nationwide, um, to let other people know what it is that I'm doing. Um, so it is really, really important to me to be able to cut the steps that people would have to go through, or maybe let me just tell you that I had to go through to be able to where I'm at. Um, I want to be able to cut that, um, you know, as fast as I can for others. Um, so they don't have to go through the struggles. They don't have to um, face the challenges that it takes to be able to, in the aspect of mortgages, becoming a homeowner or, you know, becoming a business owner, becoming wealthy, um, helping their kids um, become business owners and um, continuing that legacy. Um, so it's really important 
for me because yes, I was, I came from a poor family and I want, I feel it's my duty to be able to be, because I'm in the position to be able to help other people. It's my duty to do that. And that's what I do every day. Yeah. And, and your words, my duty complement perfectly what I want to share from what you just shared. The ultimate flex right now is what you're doing in the, in the new construction. You know, my grandfather taught me integrity is what you do when no one is looking. For you listening and watching, integrity is what you do with what Ashley's doing with home building. Right now, there is so much more money she could be making in, in home building. There's no doubt in my mind. Her duty, as she said, and it's so awesome you looking at it that way, is to create houses that are affordable. That's the ultimate flex. And by the way, her Instagram profile is on fire. You need to follow it. We just had it on the screen. That's why it pays to watch the show. But uh, I'm telling you, I said it before, you need to follow these people. Uh, this is, again, this is not to throw your teachers under the bus. This is to give you a different perspective. And I hope your teachers can be welcoming in this perspective and, and, and have what you learn in the classroom complement what you're hearing right here. Uh, Ashley, so are there any charities, like any things that you do that, that, that you give back that you focus on before we move on? Do uh, um, yeah, so one of the things, one of the things that, um, you kind of mentioned, like what we do behind the scenes is, um, me and my husband, any homes that we also sell, we take a percentage from those sales, um, and we put it in a savings account because our goal is to be able to build a home when we get there, uh, once a year and provide it to a family who is needing it. Um, so this is um, something that we do behind the scenes, um, something that we don't uh, really let anybody know. So here, there you go. <laughs> here it is. Now we know. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right. Pedro, bring us home, my friend. Yeah, man. So, I, you know, Jeff, if you allow me, I would like to answer this question from a different perspective because 100%. I think we all in this call... I think we at the end of the day, like we were talking a minute ago, like we all have a purpose in life, right? If you haven't seen outside and you haven't seen the sunrise and how everything in this world works and in the universe and you don't believe that there's there's not a higher power to have a purpose for your life, you really need to change your mindset, you know? So I think we all have a purpose and we all have a mission in this life. And uh, for me, man, it's really just to, uh, besides building legacy, besides being able to help people, besides being able to have enough money to say like, yeah, I'm help. I can help whatever, whenever I, with everything I can. <clears throat> uh, I really want my life to be an example of what's possible and what winning looks like in all areas. But what I want to do is to go back a little bit to where everything started because yeah, when you ask me if I have kids, I don't have kids, but I was in school at one point in my life and I was in the position where all these kids that are going to be watching this are right now. And I know that some of them are wondering right now, like, I don't know what to do with my life. Maybe they're questioning everything. They're looking at school, everything that they're learning, everything that their teachers are saying. They're, they're, they're questioning their, their, uh, the idea of going to college. They don't feel comfortable with that, maybe, you know, because I felt that way at some point, you know, and being a little bit different and thinking different since I was in school put me in a lot of trouble, you know, because everybody just want, wanted me to follow the system, you know, and I know there's a lot of kids that they feel that way. People that are watching this right now, they probably feel that way as well, you know? So what I want to do is to challenge people, man, and to really, because this is the thought that I had before even we started and I wrote it down. 
you only the minority if you consider yourself part of the minority. Mm. So if you're watching this or you're listening to this, if you're right now sitting in your class or in your house or whatever you're sitting, if you're really thinking all this stuff, like, like you have that fire inside of you that is telling you, man, something doesn't feel right about school. Something doesn't feel right about having to go to college, getting a job, pay my bills and die. You know, Start questioning those things and start asking yourself, what, it, what else is out there for me? You know, Because that was the path that I followed for me to be in this place in my life where I have a fire for building businesses. I have a fire for doing my best. I'm a fire for being a good husband, for being the best I can for my family, you know, but everything started by questioning those things. So because everything from the beginning, when we talk about mindset, right? And like I said, if you, if you consider yourself the minority, you're going to stay the minority. But if you allow yourself to dream, to think differently, to ask what else can be out, 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 out there for me, you know, like it's really, this is the path that I want to follow or not. If you really start asking yourself those questions, regardless how long it takes you to get there, eventually you're going to get there. You know, eventually those answers are going to follow on your hands, because like I said before, if you don't believe that there's there's uh, there's no a higher purpose in your life than just having to go to school and follow the path that 99% of the people in this world follows, uh, you I, I will challenge you and I will challenge that thought process. So I just wanted to answer that question that way, man. I hope that helps. No, 100%. 100%. Uh, we had your, your social media scrolling on the screen. Uh, pretty much if people check out Way of the Modern Beast or The Modern Beast, they're going to connect with you. Uh, correct. And, and yes. it will be in the uh, show notes, but just to get it out there. Yeah. Uh, man, I love it. Love everything you're doing. I love everything you all are doing. Um, I have genuinely, genuinely appreciated everybody's time, all of the information that you poured into anybody that's going to be watching this. I really hope you sitting in the classroom uh, can see uh, the success kind of coming out of your screen. Again, hit the show notes up. Go to their websites. Please connect with these fine, fine examples of people. All right. And you will learn something. And I would challenge you to do that, please, because your life can change if you follow. You know, success has leaves clues. And these people have them for days. They can put a week on it. They've got so much success dripping off of them. Just follow it. Look at what they do and pick up on it. All right. Uh, everybody, man, this has been such a joy, such a pleasure. Thank you for uh, being a great contributor to part one. Really appreciate you. Awesome, brother. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having us. Man. There we go. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Well, that's uh, this part one of Success in America on the Big Ticket Life. We'll pick it up. Uh, we'll have a second episode with some more amazing guests. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very special episode of the Big Ticket Life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. 
So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.